Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio and show number 476 in our weekly series. Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We are out there raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country and our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups are developing research, publishing case studies and shining a light on the great practice out there. You can visit engageforsuccess.org to learn more and sign up for our weekly newsletter so you never miss out on any of our great free resources, events and updates. I'm Andy Gorham, your host for today's show and the founder of BizJuicer, an employee engagement and culture development consultancy that helps companies retain more of their great people and makes it easier for them to attract fabulous new talent too. Now, as we continue to navigate our way through the post-pandemic world of work, one of the topics that's on the hot list of related subjects is that of employee wellness and well-being. Interestingly enough, the recent Engage for Success research into employee engagement pre, during, and post the pandemic suggested that a company's attitude towards and the employee's access to a comprehensive suite of well-being support had a huge influence on engagement levels during and post-pandemic. For those companies who provided comprehensive access, engagement just dropped 1% during that time. Those companies that gave some access dropped 11%, and those with none, 13 So that big gap suggests just how important this stuff is. And I think it goes well beyond hooking someone up with a mindfulness app that they, maybe like me, never end up using, or giving them a hand massage at their desk every quarter. But how do we better understand what's needed and what will add value? And how do we change our habits to actually and intentionally use some of these tools? Well, my guest today is Taryn Kelmeyer, the founder of Remote Team Wellness. She's a more than 12-year wellness veteran who's worked with teams at Netflix, Meta, Dell, Cisco, L'Oreal, Remote.com, Movenpick Resorts, and many more to bring wellness to their workday, often virtually. Today, Taryn's going to help us think about how we can successfully integrate wellness into work in an intentional and mindful way. Welcome to the show, Taryn. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. It's so lovely to have you here. And uh, as we were just talking about, I'm surprised we managed to pin you down with you flying all over the world <laughs> doing various bits and pieces. Thank you, thank you for taking a pit stop. It's, 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 it's very good of you. Um, I am particularly excited to hear about all your thoughts on the whole wellness at work thing today, especially in light of our recent research and what have you. But before we get all excited and dig into all of that, could I ask you just to tell us a little bit about you, your background, and maybe some of the things you're currently focused on? Yeah, 100%. And again, thanks so much for having me. I was actually having a hard time laughing at what you, what you were saying about that mindfulness app and the hand massage. Um, I know, I'm useless, honestly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, but um, so I, I have had a very interesting um, wellness journey. I have 
been in a few different sects of the wellness industry. I started by studying osteopathy um, at uni and then moving into more of a rehabilitative space with yoga, mindfulness, and meditation. Um, and the, the things that I really focus on and that I'm, I've been focused on throughout that journey has been really what does wellness mean? Like wellness is such a multidimensional concept and the holistic picture of what it really means to be well is something that I think we often compartmentalize. Um, so that's been my, my focus and my journey to, to really kind of ha- find out how to holistically piece together what it means to be optimally well. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, of course. I mean, let's just have a quick check on that. So are you saying that your journey started on on the physical sense, really, with osteopathy and yoga, which I guess got into more spiritual stuff? So you've sort of been piecing together, I don't want to sound cheesy, but mind, body, soul, and this is where you got to today, right? 100%. And it's actually interesting you say physical because my wellness journey actually started with an injury, which I think a lot of people really do get prompted into their wellness, into really taking responsibility for their wellness when they have an injury. So I I broke an ankle um, and it was at a time in my life when I was extremely uh, set on being a dancer, which those two things really don't combine very well. So No, um, gosh. Yeah, so I had to find a way to shift how I had been looking at my life and my body um, because I now had this injury to work through. I had this thing to... This, this thing that I, that I didn't expect um, to have to respond to. And in that rehabilitative process, um, my doctor was like, you could either do something like a water aerobics class or you could try yoga for your, your rehab post um, when, I, when I actually learned how to walk again. And um, I chose yoga because, I mean, going, going to water aerobics after being a dancer for, for 18 <laughs> years is not it's not quite the, the path that, that many would, would choose. So I, I chose the most hardcore version of yoga, um, of which was Bikram yoga that I could find. Um, and it was so, so humbling to be in a, a space and a practice that firstly changed every time I kept coming back to it. And then also brought me a new awareness of how I was responding to the smaller things in my body rather than enforcing my own will on my body. So that was the real spark of my wellness journey, like really finding out how to heal myself and heal my, my body and get back to some kind of baseline normal. That started my journey to really realize that well-being is such a <laughs> multidimensional journey for so many of us, and it really does extend to so many different areas of our lives. Oh, 100%. And they always say experience yeah. kind of lights the way and you're supposed to write about the things that you know. And you've clearly okay. had first-hand experience of going through that. Or, I have to say, <laughs> you talk about the choice between Vikram Roba, uh, yoga and uh, <laughs> Acura Woba. All I can think of is images of the holiday pool and people in the pool doing water aerobics to music. And I, <laughs> I, I, I can't make the connection between a professional dancer and sort of me thrashing my arms and legs around in a pool getting frothy as, as something that's going to make you feel very well. Pretty, very ill, actually. Um, but let's, in all seriousness... It's a great background, right, that's kind of put you in this thing. So you're one of the lucky people in the world, I guess, who who gets to work on something that they they really love and have a strong connection with. Yeah, and I feel very grateful for that every day. 
Um, it's it's something that's that's really fueled this journey for me as well. So that's been a really fantastic, really really fantastic um, entry point, but also a fantastic way to actually uh, keep accountable in my own journey as well. Um, because obviously, like wellness is not is never ending. The your wellness journey is for the rest of your life. It's not just um, solvable with something like an app. And I think that's like a part of the conversation I'm super excited to have with you today um, is we have these quick fixes and these quick solutions. However, this is something that we have to work on continually for a very long time, for the rest of our lives. Um, and to just shift, our, shift the perspective to the journey actually being more of the goal helps it go a little bit easier, <laughs> if you know what I mean. It, I do. I mean, it's what, what a coincidence. Every time we talk about anything to do with culture, mm. everyone is quite mm. rightly at pains to say, this, this is not a quick fix. This is a long-term right. commitment to stuff. And so exactly. here we have more alignment, right? And we're on an engagement and culture radio show talking about something like wellness because it's a long-term thing. Um, it's Absolutely. a long-term quest and it's a long-term commitment, right? No, no quick fixes. Okay, well, let, let's... Um, Let's dig into some of this stuff. If we go back yeah. to the introduction that I gave on today's show, I mentioned the importance that a, a well-being strategy has seemed to have on engagement within here, within in the UK. When you heard those numbers in that introduction, Terry, like a, there's a 13-point mm. gap, right, between mm. those companies that offered a properly comprehensive suite of wellness solutions or support versus, I thought this is quite interesting, those that offered some or none was virtually the same. Um, so like a 12-point gap between best and worst. Does mm -hmm. that yes. resonate with you? Does that kind of match up to, to what you see with all your work? I mean, what did you think when you heard those numbers? Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, it didn't surprise me, to be completely um, honest with you. It, it's, it, it makes a lot of sense that these are the kinds of numbers that are being shown because the companies that are being proactive in their in their approach and are being more preventative and actually learning from what has happened in the last three years um, to get us to this point and continuing to uh, do new and innovative things to actually bridge that gap. Uh, that of course, of course they are going to have more people who are engaged, right? Yeah. So yeah, so that, that it, it's really not surprising and it, it's definitely something that echoes across the globe. I don't really think that there's, that much of a difference between the UK or the US um, or, or the rest of Europe. It, it, I think that this is something that as a global workforce, we are experiencing a massive shift um, in the way that we, we approach work and the way that we see work and the way that we feel about our work as well. Because all of a sudden, we've had this huge, impactful um, thing that has happened to all of us at the same time. And we now have to move forward in a way that's more conducive and more effective for, for what's actually happening um, overall in the holistic sense. So again, it comes back to that long-term long solution, but that's also something that's a bit more of a um, 
whole picture rather than a compartmentalized version of oh, I stick my work over here and then I stick my home life and my, my emotions over here and, and my personal, like all of these things become so compartmentalized. And I think that, that that is the shift that a lot of people are experiencing because all of a sudden we have employees that really want more from their work because almost, mm. I, I, I want to just reference this, this global culture report by the OC Tanner Institute, absolutely incredible um, white paper as well, um, just like, the, just like your, your white paper. But they, they basically quoted that one, nearly one in three do not feel fulfilled at work. And I mean, when it comes to fulfillment, that as a concept is so much bigger than engagement or job satisfaction, right? Yeah. So now with people not really feeling fulfilled, that brings out a, a lot more to actually to actually have to provide in a workplace than has been provided before. So the companies that are doing nothing, I'm not surprised that they are seeing such such poor results. You know I mean, that's I mean? great. I mean, that that one in three not fulfilled at work. I mean, that that's, right. that's quite a depressing stat. Um, Isn't but it? To me, it is. <laughs> It is. I think what is nice about that stat, if you can be the positive guy, Andy, and try and get this going in a positive direction, is I think that points to, again, Tiger Wellness, the need for genuine focus on meaning or purpose, depending on your, your particular phrase, and, and get rid of the sort of tick box exercises that tend to go alongside some of these things sometimes. I'm not trying to tie everybody with the same brush, but I think this... This is interesting for me because if I go back to the stats mm. that we talked about in the intro, mm. I think I, the bit I was most interested in was that the guys that offered nothing scored virtually the same as the guys that offered just a bit uh, mm-hmm. of wellness support, right? Which smacks to me of genuine interest and commitment, right? Mm-hmm. Um Which seems to me to link to the one in three not feeling fulfilled at work. Because totally. probably a lack of meaning and purpose. Do you, do you make the same sort of comparisons there, Taryn? Yeah, 100%. And also, I guess, the sense of like feeling that sense of belonging. Because those companies that are giving a lot of comprehensive solutions um, also have probably have a little bit more of a community sense or a connective sense within their, within their team. That culture would just be more connective. Um, and so... I think, yeah, I think there's a lot. I, th- I think I just think there's a, I think there's a lot of um, different ways. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. That's okay. I mean, I think you were talking about um, a real sense of community coming out the back of this. Yes. This genuine sense of belonging. I mean, we know that this is a key feature of great cultures. Right, yeah, that genuine absolutely. sense of belonging. There's a real sense of care, not to tick a box, mm-hmm. but because actually we're working together. There's a community, there's a family, there's a bond here. We're going to take care of people, and I think that authentic, mm-hmm. genuine um, desire to mm-hmm. look after each other, as well as get the job of work done. I mean, we're here to to do things. Um, it's that combination, right? It's about trying to find the connection between the things that drive the business and the things that drive the people within it, right? Right. And you started, I think, to talk about this sense of community and Mm. that's coming through in a lot of the work you're doing, but also a lot of stuff you're reading. Is that, have I got that right? 
Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And that sense of community is also, it has to be in balance with growth and ability to move forward and also purpose within the organization as well. And I think that that's extremely important when it comes to just looking at looking at that, fulfill, that fulfillment and job satisfaction. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily make sense to think about it in terms of, um, yeah, presenteeism or absenteeism. Um, actually, actually, I have an interesting statistic about that. So presenteeism oh, that, yeah. and, absent, and absenteeism are basically estimated um, at $300 billion a year. So it's really interesting to just think about how to bridge that, that gap. Absolutely. I mean, we, we look at absenteeism as, you know, I guess the final piece, they're not there because something's happened, either they've completely disengaged or they're ill. And we look at presenteeism. I mean, there's a lot of focus on presenteeism in this country at the moment and linking it to COVID and post COVID mm-hmm. and talking mm-hmm. about presenteeism being people at work, but not mentally well enough to deal with the, the rigors of the day. But there's also mm-hmm. the element of, uh, I think, of presenteeism that is more aligned to engagement itself. And mm-hmm. these are the people that, that, that show up to work, but they're there in body, <laughs> but they maybe mm-hmm. they're not committed to what you're doing or what they're doing or really taking more of an interest uh, in, right. in what it is they're doing. They're just there. And, you know, mm-hmm. all the old studies would suggest that's nearly two-thirds, maybe, of your workforce are, are there but don't feel part of it, don't feel connected enough to mm. it to kind of willingly give their best effort, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think yeah. it's interesting now, and we're talking about the topic of wellness, that the presenteeism kind of definition is, is changing to one of more mental and physical uh, wellness mm-hmm. uh, as a term for, for presenteeism, right? Is is that mm-hmm. is that a sort of a conversation that you're seeing elsewhere with with your work around around the world too, or are people say, sitting up and taking more notice of this? Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, it's it's quite sad to see how this has kind of fallen out of the main picture um, and fallen into a, into a secondary priority again um, with a lot of clients. It's really interesting to see how that shift has happened as we've moved back to the office and obviously more of a hybrid situation. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that also that presenteeism piece, is, it, it comes when it is just a checked box, like you're saying, like it, it, when mm. it's just like, yeah, we did it. We, we, offered the, we offered the platform, we got the, we got them the app, um, and now you should be well, right? Like that's... (laughs) You have the app, you're now well solved. I've completed wellness. Now let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. Right, exactly. And I mean, honestly, when it comes to apps, like obviously apps are fantastic and there's so much science behind um, what can happen if you use them. (laughs) If you go through with actually learning the behavior of then integrating this app into your day and making it a part of your routine and all of that. But that percentage of people that actually get to that place is really quite low, usually about a five to 15% um, engagement around apps and platforms. And there's just, it's just really difficult to actually make people want to use them or actually care about, care about 
um, the the benefit that they that they would have to you know have a meditation app if they did they've never had a meditation practice, right? Um, so that's also a really interesting piece of this of this conversation because that presenteeism is almost being fueled by this attitude and this I think quite a toxic attitude within the culture to just say well we have to do something and so just just give give something but don't actually think about like the mission or the purpose or you know bringing it back to that sense of belonging behind it because obviously giving someone an app is not going to bring them closer into their their work circle it's taking them actually further away from that um and separating separating that that even more and compartmentalizing that more. So I think that conversation that we're having is really just more around the the bringing together uh, of the of all of these 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 elements in these worlds. Am I making sense here, Andy? Yeah, of course. I mean, we laughed at me um, <laughs> accessing an app maybe to to <laughs> register and then never using mm. it. Um, mm-hmm. w- when you're working with clients, because I mean, look, you, you spend a lot of time trying to integrate this stuff more naturally Definitely. Into, into into businesses, right? I'm sure there's a huge piece around explaining why um, and why these things perhaps feel tick, tick boxed and not deep rooted. But when you look at the problems or the reasons associated why people don't access the tools they're given what tend to be the sort of major reasons behind that Taryn major reason mostly being people have a lot to do people have a lot of other things on their plate and obviously with COVID happening and the way that some workloads have distributed some people have found that there have been a lot I mean employees have found that there have been cuts um, of different different parts of their department and that workload has not necessarily changed or been taken over by someone else and been redistributed. So then when you come and give something that also requires another registration and password and sign into this and watch this at this time and complete this task and do another thing, it becomes even more overwhelming. Um, And that's just a lot of the feedback that we've gotten in our wellness surveys around why people don't interact with their apps, uh, why people don't interact with, you know, things that, are there, but they, or, or things that they're not necessarily educated about, um, like EAP programs as well, being a really huge, huge resource that often goes quite, um, quite unutilized, underutilized. Um, and so, I feel as though a lot of these, a lot of these people generally tend to need something that's a little bit more naturally flowing into their workday, a bit more integrated, and that's why we stick with and really believe in the power of live sessions because live sessions can just very easily happen like a meeting that's on their calendar, but it's something to actually connect them to something else, whether it be physical, physical well-being or um, something about stress reduction, um, burnout prevention, just to give that level of awareness to what's happening in your body right now in this moment. What are what is happening in your well being journey today rather than having to go off and find another way to interact with it. So by having those practices just be a part of the work culture. Even I mean I've worked with some really amazing leaders who have started 
to integrate breathing into their morning their morning meetings on a Monday um, or well in any time that they have a meeting. But usually in the morning, it's so important to engage your breath. And we, we often come to so many so many um, conversations or meetings or um, just circumstances, and we aren't really in our bodies. Um, and so to bring you bring you into a level of wellness or well-being awareness through the through what you're doing in your work is such a fantastic way to actually engage um, employ, employees on a def, on a different level on a human level because that's again we're talking about we're talking about our our experience of ourselves in any moment does that make sense a hundred percent i mean to me this is all about connection and guidance i think in that when i listen listening to what you're saying then you can relate this kind of inactivity or not using the the platforms or solutions often Mm. because there's a lack of understanding or connection to what employees really need there's a oh look here's Mm. a perk suite have that Mm. it's got everything in it or here's an app it's got this sort of stuff on it for wellness but no one's actually sat down and listened to what employees really need and mm. and what you're talking about is actually trying to bring us into consciousness so if you combine understanding mm. what people need and bring it into the consciousness so you're doing it live mm. or guiding mm. i guess there's a there's an intentionality in that right absolutely yeah and you also bring up a really interesting point that i mean a lot of leaders are burning out as well um, but a lot of leaders have had a lot on their plates these last few years. So, I mean, even just look at Jacinda Ardern it has stepped down as, as the Prime Minister of New Zealand. And um, it's so, it's just so compelling, you know, this, this conversation um, to really affect some kind of change at uh, the top level, at the highest level, because this is not sustainable. Um, and I think that's really that's really the the main part is like making workplaces and work cultures that are more sustainable, so more integrative, more um, focused on the focused focused on the whole picture, and that that really does come back to being more holistic in the approach to 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 everything really. And when you're helping businesses bring, I guess, a more in- intentional and beneficial focus into these things predominantly what is it you're getting them to do Taryn is it all about live things or what are you helping them with yeah so we help we help with a lot of different wellness topics we have a calendar basically that runs through the main health holidays that are or health initiatives that are happening in the world um so everything from you know intentionality in the beginning of the year uh, with January being you know this time when people are setting resolutions but looking at how we can actually set goals that are effective and long-term um, and even moving and then moving into into other themes like mental health the physical health um, to burnout prevention and burnout awareness as well um, so we have a very we have a set calendar that works based on a, vi- a variety of different well-being aspects um, but then we also have clients that come to us and basically say that their teams are really stressed and need practices that are calming and and they want to focus on that for the next six months or twelve months. So then for for a team like that, we would build out a mindfulness or meditation program um, that really has a full comprehensive suite of stress reduction tools. So 
it depends basically based on our based on our teams um but mo mostly what we do are different virtual events that do correlate to wellness initiatives that are happening wellness holidays that are happening something that mm -hmm. we've also started doing in the last year as travel has started opening up has also been small team retreats uh we do them in mexico and morocco and they are really fantastic connective retreats that have a well-being focus but also give you know, people who have been virtually onboarded and don't necessarily feel like that they're really a part of the culture or in the fabric of the culture, an opportunity to experience um, that team connection in person. Because obviously the, the in-person element is, it is priceless. There is, there is nothing that can really replace it. The virtual element is fantastic and it's wonderful that we can do so much, but to have that ability to connect is also a really important piece of what I'm seeing in, in a lot of teams. I couldn't agree more with that last statement yeah. about the there's no substitute for coming face to face. And with this sort of no. explosion of remote teams, I think, you know, actually bringing people together to experience mm. something, whether it be about the business or a sense of belonging or a sense of wellness, whether I think it's incredibly powerful stuff. Right. Really. Totally. really um, where can people yeah. find out more about this, Taryn? Yeah, so you can definitely find out about any of our programs and our retreats at our website, remoteteamwellness.com. Uh, that's like a TV remote, teamwellness.com. And you can uh, find, find us on all social medias at Remote Team Wellness, or, uh, that on all of them except for Twitter, we're Remote Team Well. Um, and you can also find me on, uh, online anywhere. I'm Taryn Calmere. T-A-R-I-N. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm sure you'll have it in the show notes. So yes, it's, it'll be re it's been really wonderful to speak with you and to be here with you today. Andy, I really appreciate this conversation. And I think that it's so important that we continue to have these conversations. As, as you said, this is a long-term solution that needs to happen rather than something that's just a quick fix. Absolutely. And look, thank you, Taryn. I mean, that unfortunately is about all we have time for today. Um, listen, everybody, don't forget to uh, visit engagesuccess.org to check out the show notes and all of the fab free engagement resources um, where you can also download or stream any of the other great shows from our archive at your leisure too. Taryn, genuinely, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts, experiences, and advice with us today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be here. Have a great one. And you. We'll be back again <laughs> at the same time next week. I'm Andy Gorham, and thanks for listening to Engage for Success Radio. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.